Are you listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or any other platform where you can leave a rate or review? Do you like what we're doing? If the answer to all of that is yes, please consider quickly giving us a five-star rate. And if you wouldn't mind leaving us a nice review, we greatly appreciate that as well. Okay, let's do this. Hello, my name's Simon. And I'm McKelly. Welcome to the Ghosts of Harrenhal, a chapter-by-chapter podcast of the A Song of Ice and Fire series by George R.R. Martin. Our hope is to chat about the chapter without spoiling anything that is to come in an entertaining half hour. This is episode 9, chapter 8 of A Game of Thrones, Bran 2. We'll summarise what happened, discuss our thoughts on it, provide some interesting background, compare it to the TV show, indulge in a little pedantry, and if we have any, cover some reader mail. Be sure to check out our show notes. They provide some useful background information about the characters and other things we talk about today. If you like what we're doing, you can support the show by leaving a review on iTunes, Podchaser, or wherever you listen. That would make our day and really help get the word out. How are you doing? Good. Good. How are you? Not too bad. Not too All bad. Right. So, I do have a uh, somewhat related podcast uh, well, story exciting. to relate. So, uh, I guess it was for last week's episode. Uh-huh. I dropped Molly off at swim practice, like okay. I do every day in my life, uh-huh. and went across the street to the library to do some uh, audio editing to make us sound less like stumbling fools. Uh, very little of that required. <laughs> right. <laughs> and uh, it was just about wrapping up. I was actually shutting my computer down, and I get a call from my wife, Stacy, and she's like, you got to get home right now. And I was like, uh-oh, what happened? And she said... Uh, the, the handle to the shower came off of my hand, and I can't get the water to stop pouring out. Scalding hot water is pouring everywhere. And uh, and she goes, oh, and the shower door fell off. I was like, <laughs> what? what? How did these two things happen at the same time? She goes, I may have slammed the door really hard. <laughs> so I drive over, pick up Molly, come home, and uh, I run upstairs. I, I told her to get a wrench to try and turn the water off. With you know, with with that, and so she couldn't get done when I get up, and I take the wrench and turn it off. And she goes, "Oh," and um, I went down in the basement and I found a knob and turned it, but it didn't stop the water. So I don't know what I've done. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, lady, please just stop doing things. Please quit trying to help. <laughs> it's got visions of her just like sort of barreling into the shower, <laughs> knocking the door off into the handle. <laughs> Oops, that's not working anymore. Well, that's good. So I didn't get to finish editing that. Uh, okay, yeah. okay, okay. Well, hopefully we'll be done in time. So, um, well, thank you for that digression. <laughs> that was good. Uh, um, one thing we've been asked to do is give a little um, recap of what's happened before for the characters we're about to talk about. So um, when we last checked in with Bran, he was returning from watching his father, Ned, behead Garrod. Um, during that trip, they found the direwolf pups and the stag antler in the throat of the direwolf. We did also see him in Arya's chapter uh, uh, jousting with uh, Prince Tommen. Right. Yes. And that's the last we saw of him. So, McKelly, why don't you give us a summary of this chapter? All right. Well, Bran is extremely excited about his impending new life in King's Landing. He can't wait to meet some of the other legendary knights of the Kingsguard, especially Sir Barristan the Bold. Bran dreams of being a member of the Kingsguard himself. Most of the other lords and lads rode out on a boar hunt this morning. Only John, the girls, and baby Rickon were left behind, and John and Ghost have disappeared. 
John seems to be mad at the world these days, and Bran is unsure why. John's going to the Night's Watch with their Uncle Ben, and in Bran's estimation, that's about as exciting uh, as his move to King's Landing. Ned told him to say his goodbyes, but he doesn't know where to start, so as he moves through the castle looking for people to say farewell to, he starts to get a bit sad and choked up about leaving his home. So he runs off to the Godswood uh, with his yet unnamed wolf, so uh, nobody can see him tearing up. He's tried a hundred names for his wolf, but none seem to fit so far. And after a failed attempt to teach the wolf to fetch a stick, Bran decides to do his favorite activity one final time, and he scales the walls of Winterfell. His mother forbids him from climbing, but he just can't help himself. He climbs high up the towers of the castles, where he feels like the Lord of Winterfell. While high up on the wall of the first keep, he hears voices talking about his father. He can't see into the room, but they are talking about the trouble Ned could cause them as Hand of the King, referring several times to accusations that his Aunt Liza Aaron has made, and her possibly knowing something. That her fleeing King's Landing was to keep young Robert from being fostered at Casterly Rock, basically making him a hostage for her silence. The woman hopes that King Robert dies soon, putting Joffrey on the throne, but she thinks Ned might not be loyal to Joff as he is to Robert. Bran finally shifts around to see in the window. He spots two people naked and wrestling. At least from his perspective, mm-hmm. they're wrestling. He is seven. Yes. He realizes that it's Queen Cersei and her twin brother, Jamie. When the queen spots him, uh, he startles and slips from his position. As he falls, Jamie grabs Bran and pulls him up onto the ledge. But then he pushes him out the window for love. <clears throat> yeah. It feels like to this point... We've been putting the pieces on the board. <laughs> right. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but now the first move in anger yeah. has been made. The game is being played. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah well, well, one thing we learn is that the Targaryens aren't the only family that are keeping it in the family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So apparently, yeah. Uh, when, so Jamie and Sassy. <clears throat> I know we're going to do a comparison with the TV show later, but uh, when we were watching this uh on the TV show. Because this made it to the TV yeah, show. Yes, this, this, this <laughs> bit was in the TV show, yeah. Oh, we're watching it, and, uh, you know, Bran looks in and sees that it's Cersei and Jamie, and Stacy goes, wait, I thought, aren't they? I was like, yep, they are. <laughs> She's like, oh, okay. <laughs> Did you tell them that they were just actors? <laughs> Playing pretend. Uh, Although, unlike the Targaryens, this affair seems very much secret. Yeah, I mean, they climbed the derelict tower at right. Winterfell to, to do this. So yes. They clearly were not uh, parading it around in front of people. <laughs> they were not expecting to find Bran up there with them. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine Robert's already not a fan of Cersei. We, you know, he's made it pretty clear he's not, not exactly in love with his wife. So I don't think this would endear but, her further. Cause and effect, perhaps. <laughs> I mean, she she clearly has other interests herself. It's a know. good point. Yeah. I think this would, would cost them their heads, though. Like, yeah, yeah. So the most important part of it, I mean, well, obviously for Bran, the most important part is gravity. But right, um, yeah. the most important part of the chapter is uh, the conversation that he overhears. Yes. So clearly they are nervous about uh, Ned's impending arrival as Hand of the King. Yeah. But... Interestingly, Cersei more nervous than Jamie. Jamie seems to think that Ned's quite honourable and he'll do the right thing. Yeah, whatever yeah. It is and and that's his motivation. Whereas Cersei sees him as you know an enemy. I mean, they literally call him an enemy at one point. 
Yep. Cersei wanted Jamie to have the job as Hand of the King. Right. But I can certainly... That seems like a reach for Robert to want that. You know, he's he's married to a Lannister. The Lannisters sort of bankroll the kingdom. Right, yeah. And now he makes the Lannister heir his hand. He's That's a lot of Lannister information coming right. into his ears. And... Plus he's already a, a member of the Royal Kingsguard, so... Right, I mean, you'd have to let him out of that, I suppose, right. to do that. Yeah, but she mentions that Ned becoming Hand puts them in danger... And is it in danger of discovery of the incestuous affair or Aaron's death? Because in Catelyn 2, we get this note that Eliza Aaron... Yeah, the Lannisters are responsible. Yeah, names Cersei directly. So is it, you know, what exactly is the danger? Is it both of those things or more, you know? Well, I guess, yeah, I mean, obviously... There's there's the fact he's not a friend to the Lannisters particularly, right. and so the 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 risk of their affair coming out. Of course, we've no idea how long this affair has been going on. You know, we, right. we were talking about this earlier. It may just be the cold winter air has driven <laughs> right. them into each other's arms for the first time. There's a suggestion that that's not the case, but um, the presumably the bigger worry is is John Arryn's death. I mean, if if Liza Arryn has evidence that Cersei is responsible. John coming down to King's Landing, sorry, Ned coming down to King's Landing, certainly leads to the fact he might discover it. He right. might discover what that is. And that's exactly why Kat says he needs to go when she's trying to convince him. Right. To go down yeah, there yeah, and yeah. figure out whether Cersei... So she's right. <laughs> yeah. In that regard, yeah, yeah, Cersei's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That is part of the plan. Yeah. One thing we just quick get a reference to is that Robert has two younger brothers, uh-huh. which we will discuss more about yeah. in the background section. Yeah. And Cersei literally asks, you know, suggests and hopes that Robert dies soon, which yes. is, uh, I mean, again, he's not treating her great, but that's a little bit <laughs> that's, unfair. It's you know. kind of harsh, I yeah, guess. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the feelings seem rather yeah, mutual. I would say so, yeah. She mentions how long before he replaces me with another Lyanna. Yeah, that's that's true. And so, and so perhaps that worries her for the succession. If she were right. to replace, be replaced, and he were to sire new true-born heirs, they would have a claim to the throne above her own son Joffrey. Good point. Yeah. Uh, so maybe. But also with him, him gone and Joff on the throne. Joff being a twelve-year-old, she stands to have more influence right. over the right. the realm than she does right. currently with and, Robert. And if Robert were to meet an untimely demise, Joffrey would be so young that the current hand of the king would have a lot of power. Yes, and exactly. so Ned would be in a position of power. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah as he's underage, as Joff is underage, he will need a regent until he comes of age. Yeah. So it will be likely that. Ned as king, hand of the king for his father would step in to become yeah. the regent. But, but that would immediately create an interesting power struggle, of course, because he was hand of the king to the now dead king, and therefore his authority is gone. Right. And so you could imagine Cersei arguing, well, you're not the hand to this king. Right. Joffrey will appoint his own hand, who will be the regent until he comes of age, yes. and it's not going to be you. <laughs> <laughs> and as his mother, I yeah. would tell him who it's going exactly. to be. <laughs> and it might actually be me, because <laughs> that way I don't have to go through a middleman. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, they refer to lies as accusations. They, yeah. they didn't admit to anything necessarily, even in private, but this accusations thing... So if they're aware of accusations that Liza's making, why all the cloak and dagger stuff with the lens and the message? And is it different accusations, maybe? 
Well, my thinking is that her fleeing King's Landing is an accusation in some way. Okay. Although, but, okay. but, but, but I think that's a stretch too because if I were Lisa Aaron and Rob and John has died completely of natural causes, I might just want to get out of there with my yeah. son so that my sure. son doesn't get taken from me and fostered somewhere else. Right. Regardless of anything else. If I believe that John has been murdered by someone and that someone has authority in King's Landing, sure, I'm definitely going to leave. Right. So from Cersei's point of view, she's maybe only seeing the second of those two things. That the, Them fleeing means that they, they are accusing someone in King's Landing. Right. Someone with power. But certainly doesn't show that they've got any evidence unless somehow the Lannisters intercepted the message that right. we we don't think could have been intercepted because it was hidden in a box, written in a cipher, and burned as soon as it was read, you know. So I'm not sure. But obviously there's a there's a nervousness there which suggests guilt. Right, yeah. Yeah, Jamie says that if Liza would have known anything, she would have gone to Robert. So is there something to know then, you know? Yeah, so it actually says, let Lady Arryn grow as bold as she likes. Whatever she knows, whatever she thinks she knows, she has no proof. He paused for a moment, or does she? Uh-huh. So that last statement suggests that there's the potential that proof exists. It doesn't say Jamie necessarily knows it. Right. He may not. It feels a little bit like he's abdicating responsibility towards Cersei. Right, there, is me. there something she yeah, could prove? Right, exactly. Oh. But But there's nothing... I mean, man, there's a lot. They say a lot of things that make you that that are slightly self-incriminating in that conversation. Yeah, and that Bran overheard it all is a real problem for them. And so, I I was reminded. Um, did you ever see the movie Minority Report? Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed that movie. I thought it was good. Yeah. Um, there's the police department have never actually investigated a murder because they've always had the precogs to stop right. the murders. And so when the actual murder happens, the one person, Colin Farrell, is the FBI guy or yeah. whatever, who has investigated murders before, he says, you see this crime scene? He said, this is an orgy of evidence. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just reminded of that comment when I was listening, when I was reading this chapter, because they they just talk about so many things that are so incriminating at, yeah. at the same time. So yeah. they don't actually cop to anything specifically, but they certainly yeah. put it out there that something is going on. Yeah. It's just interesting that Eliza went through all that trouble to get a secret message to her sister, but yet they're like talking about accusations. Right. So if right. she just by leaving King's Landing, yeah. she, she 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 might as well have skywritten the accusation, <laughs> apparently. <'cause... laughs> yeah, so they believe that Lysa knew that Robert being fostered at Castle Rock with Tywin Lannister was akin to him being a hostage. Right. So, again, though, for me, that's enough. That's enough for Lysa to want to flee King's Landing. Right, yeah. Unless... I mean, but it sort of also depends on what the relationship was between Lysa and Cersei. You know, if Lysa and Cersei were good buddies, then you wouldn't mind necessarily your son being fostered by her father. Yeah. Seems like that might not have been the case. I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a lot. Uh, I guess we'll we'll find out when, yeah. when we're meant to find out. But yeah. I thought it was really a lot of information. But one thing, I, one thing I would say is that when Jamie catches Bran... If he's replaying the conversation in his mind, he would be like, oh, good God, I've got to silence this child. Right. Is it because of the conversation or because of the fact that Bran just walked in? That, he's he's seven, though. That would be a lot easier to explain. Like, he doesn't know. He, he didn't know what right. he saw. And so I, I just, I don't get 
it feels to me like you could you could lie to the kid about the sex. Right. Yes. Exactly. You could tell yeah. the kid that something was happening that he doesn't understand and fool him into into silence. But if I'm Jamie, I'm thinking he's heard stuff that cannot be unheard, and I've got True. to silence him. We'll be right back. Hello, friends. Are you ready to make some unforgettable memories? Well, if so, consider the Marriott Bonvoy program. Discover the perfect destination for your summer getaway and unlock exclusive deals on luxurious accommodations. With our affiliate partnership, you'll enjoy unbeatable savings and a seamless booking experience. Don't let summer slip away. Visit Marriott Bonvoy today and make this vacation season one for the books. Use our Ghosts of Heron Hall affiliate page to check it all out and buy Bonvoy points or give some as a gift. The link to our page is in the show notes. It can't be unheard unless I push him out this window. Right, right. It seems like that would be something. He's seven. It's not like he's 12. You know, it seems like like you could just dispute whatever. He right. Says, like, I don't know what right. he's talking yeah, about. Right, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's not much oxygen up there. About right. how he, he's yeah. just dreaming stuff, you know. <laughs> I was in the stables the whole time, you know. Yeah, I, I don't know what. I don't yeah. know what he's going on about. But when you've got a kid by the scruff of the neck who's about to destroy your life and you happen to be holding him outside of a high window the temptation there, to let go there is a temptation i guess be. i mean i wouldn't do it right i like yeah. to think i have a moral code but there was a lot of pressure on jamie in that moment so yeah the other things robert's not going to castle black no he came all this way well but, all the way to winterfell there's still a long way to go it's a big I old guess, place yeah but you know in chapter, oh man, I get the chapter numbers confused anymore. It's probably because of our episode numbers. Yes, right. Uh, chapter four, Eddard one, Ned says, mentions to uh, Robert that Benjen is saying the the Night's Watch sends some trouble and they could use some help. And he's like, I'll deal with that later. I want to make you my hand. Yeah. So Ned clearly feels like it would have made a difference. Yeah. And that he should go visit the wall. I think... I think some of it is a different perspective on what the wall's about. I think in the north they believe that the wall is a necessary defense of the kingdom. From King's Landing's perspective, you're like, I don't know why we have that wall. Why do we even have that yeah, in the first place? It's just a bunch of really cold Eskimos <laughs> over that wall. They're, they're not a threat to, to anyone. Really. Good place to send prisoners. Basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> get, get keeps, the riffraff out of King's keeps, Landing. Keeps my prisons empty. Yeah. If you remember in Caitlin one, Ned and Caitlin are having a conversation about is Garrod that dies in the. It's Garrod. Yeah, Garrod dies in the book. Yeah, about Garrod, uh, you know him deserting, and and Ned is saying, you know, there's. I, I might need to rally the banners and head north and take care of this Mance Raider. So yeah. Ned feels like they could be trouble. But like you said, that's trouble for the Ned. They're <laughs> right, not for Robert. Not, yeah, yeah. Robert probably doesn't really care about all that. If, if he had a hand to guide him at this point, right. he might think of the strategic importance yes. of a quick visit to the wall. But he doesn't. <laughs> nope, they're heading south. Yeah. But John's heading north. He is, yes. He's off to, uh, well, not yet, but he will soon be off to Castle Black with his Uncle Benjen. So I, yeah, I would think that should be very exciting. That's what he wanted. It's, uh, yeah. Maybe he's uh, <laughs> thinking it through now or something. Possibly, yeah. Well, <laughs> well, we don't know. We didn't hear from him in no. this episode, but he, he, he's he's mad about something. Yeah, he's, sure. he's off brooding somewhere. Yeah. But I think, I mean, we, we've been talking about this a lot, about John's being slighted 
by the Starks. I think one of the things I, I've noticed is that he, in back in chapter one, John seemed part of the team. You know, yeah. he was yeah. part of Team Stark. He was yeah, right. involved in the beheading and everything. Since then, he's been slighted at every opportunity. But I think that's probably just because the royal party is in town and Catelyn is determined to keep him on the back burner while yeah. the royals are in town. Yeah, that's probably true. And, and Ned's too busy to recognise the unfairness of it to fix it. You know what I mean? I think if Ned wasn't busy hosting the royal party, he might say, you know what, Cat, let's be nice. He's up on the board. Yeah, exactly, yeah. He's 14. So <laughs> I, I don't think that John can have been treated like this his whole life. I think he would have run away to the Night's Watch years ago. Right, you know? yeah. yeah. He, if what we're seeing is daily life for John, which it doesn't seem, but if it were, he's probably better off at the Night's yeah, Watch. Yeah. The thing is, is Ned brought him home and, and is raising him with the other kids. So, you know, if you're going to raise him with the kids, raise him with the kids. Yeah, yeah. The thing that makes John unique is that most recognized natural-born, which is another name for bastards, uh, natural-born kids aren't brought to their Lord's keep and raised with their two yeah. true-born siblings. So why do that and then exclude him? Yeah. Clearly, he's, it has a lot to do with his wife not being a fan. Right, right. But he's already gone down that rabbit hole. So, yeah. you know, kinda, you kind of made your bed. You brought him in with the kids. Now you got to treat him like one of the kids, I guess. But, yeah. but you're right. It pro- Based on Chapter 1, before the royals got there, he was yeah. being treated a lot more like one of the kids. So we've, we've, we've jumped to the important parts and we skipped over some things that happened. We got some cool descriptions of Winterfell. There were old tunnels and secret paths. Yeah. Broken towers. So. I like the descriptions of Winterfell. I like how uh, Bran refers to the broken tower it being struck by lightning a hundred years uh, before even his father was born. Because <laughs> <laughs> his, his elderly father who's probably like in 30. his... Yeah, about 30. It was a hundred years even before father was born. Ah, uh, uh, kids. And Bran's climbing, well, probably would have been nice to enjoy some of Bran's climbing, but... Yeah, you know. Yeah. I guess that's probably done. Yeah. They, they uh, mentioned that uh, the rooftops were like a second home to him, so he's probably yeah. done it a good bit. And uh, more evidence of Ned being an old softy when he yes. told Bran, go ahead and climb, just yeah. don't let your mother see. Yeah. So, um, some background information. Um the Lannister twins mention uh, Robert's brothers. So um, Stannis Baratheon is Robert's younger brother. He's the Lord of Dragonstone. We've talked about Dragonstone a couple of times. It's where Daenerys was born. Yes. He's a big man like Robert, but more severe and joyless. He's balding with a close-cut beard. His wife is Selyse Florent, and they have one daughter, Shireen Baratheon. He is master of ships and therefore serves on Robert's small council, which is a circle of trusted advisors. Yep, Lord of Dragonstone. Renly Baratheon is the third of the Baratheon brothers. He's master of laws and so also serves on the small council. He's also big but clean-shaven and better looking than his brothers. He has the charm and charisma that Stannis lacks. He's as yet unmarried. Both brothers spent Robert's rebellion besieged in the ancestral home, Storm's End, and witnessed starvation and privation. Although Renly was only a child, he's 13 years younger than Stannis and 15 younger than Robert. Uh, Renly is Lord of Storm's End. Stannis feels aggrieved that he got the crappy Dragonstone while his younger brother got Storm's End. But the heir to the Iron Throne is often styled as the Lord Dragons, Lord of Dragonstone. Uh, so it's a debatable slight. Yeah, that that is an interesting one because it is 
it's definitely bleaker. I mean, yes. Storm's End is on the mainland, and Dragonstone, without dragons, Dragonstone is fairly inhospitable. Right. I mean, if you have a dragon that you fly around on, like the Targaryens used to do, that would be okay. Yeah. The Targaryens moved to King's Landing. They didn't <laughs> maybe, stay out there. Maybe but. he could ask for just the title yeah. only. Yeah. And- <laughs> they, we, I don't have any background on this, but we they did also mention another member of the small council, somebody called Littlefinger. We'll talk about him more when yes. he comes up more right. in the story. They mentioned the Lord Commander of the Kingsguard is Sir Barristan Selmy, uh, Barristan the Bold. Um, House Selmy is from the Stormlands and so already owed its allegiance to House Baratheon, makes him a good choice for right. um, the Kingsguard. But he was Kingsguard to Aerys Targaryen and so fought against Robert during the rebellion. He was severely wounded at the Battle of the Trident when where Robert killed Rhaegar. And so he missed the sack of King's Landing. He was being nursed back to health and essentially imprisoned yep. by the Baratheons at that time. So it's interesting that he was forgiven and reinstated after all this right, time, yeah. uh, settled down. I wonder if he has torn loyalties because of that. I wonder if maybe. Yeah. yeah, that's possible. Yeah. I guess Robert kept him because he's a handy guy. Yeah, he's, I mean, it's supposed to be like he, I mean, he's in his fifties now, but uh, still, like, still quite yeah. the swordsman. Yeah. So. This wasn't mentioned in the summary, but if you're reading along with us, you know that Bran mentions several of the legendary members of the Royal Kingsguard, and one of them that he mentions is Prince Aemon Targaryen, the Dragon Knight. And he was Lord Commander of the Kingsguard about a hundred years ago or so, and he was legendarily noble and skilled and uh, is still a popular figure, figure today. He served four kings... Yeah, now I have a thing about that. <laughs> I don't think a king's guard should serve that many kings, to be honest. Right. You're not doing your job properly if you keep on having to serve That's a good point. different kings. Yes, one. One ought to be the target. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe yeah. two if he's older than you. Right. <laughs> if he dies before you do, that's not your fault. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Otherwise, it seems like you might be failing your job a bit. Yeah. So, comparison with the television show, um, I think the biggest, much of this is captured, Bran wanders around Winterfell and then climbs the tower. The biggest difference is, and I watched this, I thought this was the case, he doesn't overhear anything in the TV show. Uh, In the TV show, it's purely witnessing the sex is what gets him thrown out the window. So, in some respects, like we were talking about before, I think Jamie is, I'm going to use air quotes here, justified in throwing book Bran out of the window. Whereas I don't think he was in throwing TV show round. Right. right. Because all he witnessed was sex. Yeah. And you can absolutely fool. Now, Bran is a little bit older in the TV show. He's 10. Okay. And he's only seven in the book. Yeah. So perhaps a 10-year-old might be able to piece it together better than the seven-year-old. Maybe, but still. He's, yeah. But he didn't. Not... There was no conversation. There was nothing he heard that could have incriminated them in any way. Right. So all of this incriminating discussion, all this orgy of evidence <laughs> is uh, is missing from the show. So they push him out purely for seeing them in the TV show. Oh, yeah. Maybe that's why I keep thinking when they're talking about accusations and stuff that they're referring to the incestual relationship. Well, not necessarily accusations, but that people, the things that Liza might know. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, she's I, been in King's Landing. And, yeah. And this, like we say, it's not a one-off. but a, it, Yeah, it thing. seems like an ongoing thing. But at the same time, it's almost certainly not what they're talking about because clearly this is, seems to be a regular thing for them. Yeah. And it wouldn't be something like they would be like, oh, no, we're going to be found out about this. Interesting. There are a couple of pieces of pedantry. You know I do love my pedantry. You do. 
Bran described earlier in the chapter how he likes to remove his footwear to climb. It feels like he's got four hands, right? is yep. what he said. But then later on, when he was talking about running across the roof of the barracks or something, he said that he would take his shoes off to do that so he would be oh. quieter. Like, You've already <laughs> taken your shoes how off. How many pairs of yeah, shoes does this exactly. guy wear? And the other one is, he described something, I don't remember what it was, but it was tasting like winter peaches. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm just guessing what a winter peach is because we don't, we don't actually explain no. what a winter right. peach is. I would say it's either a summer peach preserved for eating in the winter right. or some kind of hardy peach that grows in, in the, the winter. winter. Yeah. Okay. He's seven years old and summer's been going on for nine years. He would never have tasted a winter peach. <laughs> Unless they preserve really well. Right. <laughs> but again, there are peaches growing on the trees in summer. You know, why eat the... Keep that. Winter's coming, remember? So, yeah. Good point. I did not even think of that. Yeah, those are, that's what I'm here for. Bad entry. <laughs> so, um, wrapping up, I think we've been waiting for something to happen. And I guess you need to be careful what you wish right, for. Because yeah. I did not want that to happen to Brand. Oh, Brian. by the way, what I, one thing I did do, actually, was watching the TV show. I tried to estimate the height that he fell. Yeah. Just to oh, see. I mean, because... If, you, if you're reading along, we, Bran might survive this fall. We don't know. I mean, it right. seemed like it was pretty high. In the TV show, I'm going to guess it was about 40 feet that he fell. Ouch. And I did What's some research. below? Is the... I, I did research, and there were some rocks below, yeah, oh, so it wasn't okay. great. right. I did some research, and the median uh, height at which a fall becomes fatal Uh-oh. is four stories, which is 48 feet. Oh, okay. So he's so, in the grey zone. And there. he's a small child. So maybe small child doesn't have the same momentum when he hits. I maybe don't know. he'll bounce a little bit. I mean, you know, that's the TV show. We, you know, could be different. Right. You know, the tower yeah. might have been way, way taller in the book. But uh, I, Interesting. I, I, I had to read up on that. Like, Is he going <laughs> to survive? I'm playing along that I don't know. Right. Yeah. right. yeah, there was a lot going on in that conversation between uh, Cersei and Jamie. Ned as a hand is dangerous for them. And uh, the feeling that Ned is moving against them because he's willing to leave his seat of power. Yeah, but but again, I, I'm I'm with Jamie on this. I mean, to me, the obvious explanation for that is his honourableness, yeah. not his ambition. He's bringing him. Right. Cersei can't see anything but ambition. Whenever yes. she looks, she sees plots against her, and you know, those seem that way. Yeah, they consider Ned an enemy. They straight up say, "I'd rather have an honourable enemy." than an ambitious one. So I guess they consider maybe the Starks in general because of the bad blood between the two families. Yeah, I think I think part of it, I mean, you get the sense that the, the Lannisters are pulling the strings on Robert as a puppet and that yeah. Ned's hand will stop that. You True. Know, that he'll get him back yes. sinking straight. Yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. And then we, get a, we get that, to me, kind of confusing conversation about Liza's accusations because I thought the accusations were secret but like we discussed it could be uh, that her leaving was an accusation she never actually had to make a verbal accusation and again it goes to Cersei's mindset her mindset is everybody else's actions are against me right nobody's doing an action which is not you know, it's sort of typical narcissistic personality. You're doing this because you want to do something to me. All right. Yeah. There's no way you have any kind of motive that doesn't involve me. Good psychology there. Yeah, I like perhaps. <laughs> and Cersei wants Robert to die. She does. She straight up says it <laughs> sooner rather than later. Uh, yeah. yeah. 
And uh, John's been told about going to the Night's Watch. We weren't we weren't there for that, but he, or if Bran knows he's going, then... Right, presumably John does yeah. too, <laughs> unless he's really on the outs. <laughs> All right, everyone, don't tell him, but... All right, well, that's it. That's, uh, that's a good chapter. I mean, yeah, I really feel like the story's getting going. Yes, now, now we've, got, yeah. we've got some teeth. Or... And, of course, you know, who knows how this will change plans. I mean, Ned right. was going to King's Landing. He was. But... Tomorrow, they were leaving. Yeah. I, I have a hunch... Regardless of whether Bran lives or dies, this is going to delay their departure. All right. Well, as always, you can reach us at ghosts.heronhell at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at ghostsheronhell. I guess that's it. Thanks, everyone. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.